This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. Dr. Fuller, I've called you in as a consultant. What do you think of Mrs. Thomas's condition? Yes, no doubt about it, Dr. Mortimer. I think she's suffering from arsenical poisoning. Then you agree with my diagnosis? Oh, I do. And I recommend that the patient should be transferred to the Plymouth Hospital immediately. Um, I believe you, Miss Hale, have been acting as nurse. That's right, Doctor. Have you got any arsenic in any form in this house? I don't think so. Perhaps Mr. Thomas uh, might... Does weed killer contain arsenic? Aye, indeed it does. <laughs> well, we've got weed killer in the house. But I don't see how she could have got hold of that. Bristol Myers, manufacturers of Ingram and Vitalis men's toiletries, the mum range of toilet preparations, and nice and easy hair coloring invite you to consider your verdict. Sensational new hair color you just shampoo in. Enriched with special conditioners, nice and easy leaves your hair. Want hair lighter, darker to cover gray is. New from Claire All of America, nice and easy shampoo in color gives your hair that really natural look. The closer he gets, the better you look with. Consider your verdict. of the jury. In the autumn of last year, the deceased and her husband, Graham Thomas, moved from the Midlands to Cornwall for the sake of the deceased's health. The accused was hired as a nurse in companion. You might think that this was an unusual occupation for a girl as young as the accused. However, it would seem that there were other attractions in the Thomas household apart from the desire to be a dedicated nurse. How's Avril this evening, Anne? She had another attack. Of course, she may last for years. It, uh, can't be a very pleasant house for you. I know that Avril's a difficult woman. I... Why do you shut yourself away in a place like this, Anne? You're, you're young. You're and... married to a woman 20 years older than yourself. I could ask the same question of you. There's only one question I want to ask you. You know what it is, don't you? Uh, well, don't you? You're married. I, I could get a divorce. Could you? I don't think you're the type. Your wife is wealthy, isn't she? Now, wait a minute, Anne. You make a proposition on the one hand, and on the other you deny the truth. Did you marry her because you loved her? I said I'd get a divorce. But you haven't got the strength to do it, have you, Graham? Oh. That's all the answer I need. So you see, it'll never work out. 
unless Avril dies or you get a divorce. On October the 18th, the Thomases invited Anne Hale to accompany them on a picnic. Graham Thomas asked the accused to make the sandwiches. She filled them with tinned salmon, as she had often done on similar occasions. They set off at about 3 p.m. and arrived at the picnic spot about an hour later. It started raining shortly afterwards, and the three people retired to a cafe and ordered tea. While the waitress was in the kitchen getting their order, the accused opened the packet of sandwiches and put them on the table. You will hear evidence to the effect that the waitress saw them there when she returned with the tea tray. She will also tell you that the three stayed in the cafe for about half an hour and did not leave any of the sandwiches behind. At about a quarter to seven, they began their return journey. After a short while, Mrs. Thomas felt ill and was sick several times in the car. You will please note that neither her husband nor the accused was sick. When they got back to the house, Mr. Thomas helped his wife to bed. She was now suffering from extreme pains and had abdominal pain and cramp in her legs. Her husband, therefore, fetched Dr. Mortimer, and he arrived at about half past nine. Dr. Mortimer had not attended the deceased before. Well, Doctor, uh, is it serious? I don't think so, Mr. Thomas. She had tin salmon sandwiches, you say? That's right, Doctor. I made them. Well, her symptoms are consistent with food poisoning. This prescription should help her. One can't be too careful these days. Oh, I'm not blaming you, Miss Hale. It could have happened to anyone. However, if she doesn't improve, I would suggest you get a nurse. She needs someone to do the cooking for her. No, that, uh, uh, that won't be necessary. Miss Hale here is a qualified nurse. Ah, excellent. I'll call around in a few days' time. I'm sure that we'll find she's improved considerably. However, when Dr. Mortimer called again, he found that she had made little improvement. After repeated visits, Mrs. Thomas did continue to make progress. On Sunday, November the 2nd, he omitted his usual daily call. The next day, when he called, he found her critically ill. She was delirious and unable to move her legs, and her reflexes had gone. Dr. Mortimer therefore suggested that a consultant should be called in. As a result, Dr. Fuller from Plymouth arrived in the evening and insisted that Mrs. Thomas be taken to hospital immediately. She was taken there about midnight, but died shortly after the admission on the morning of November the 4th. A post-mortem examination was ordered. You will hear from the city analyst that certain organs were found to contain a total of 0.85 grains of white arsenic. The results of these post-mortem investigations were not made public, but Mr. Thomas was naturally informed that such an investigation would be held. He, in turn, informed the accused. You see, frankly, Anne, I, I, I don't like all this gossip. I wish they'd get it over and done with. But, Graham, they know that her illness was due to the tin salmon. Yes, well, I... I'm, I'm not so sure. Two days later, Miss Anne Hale disappeared. 
She wrote a letter before she went. Now, my lord, I would like to enter it as Exhibit A and read it to the court. It reads as follows. Dear Graham, it's time to say goodbye. I'm innocent, but I can't forget the gossip in town or your insinuations. The fact is that she's dead, and she did eat the sandwiches I prepared. When I'm dead, they will be sure I'm guilty. But you, at least, will be, will be clear. clear. Yours, a page. <laughs> Mr. Thomas took the letter to the police. They traced Anne Hale as far as the cliffs on the Cornish coast. There, they found her coat, but that was all. The police search was intensified, and they found Anne Hale at last working as a sales lady under an assumed name in Brighton. She was arrested on the 18th of January and charged with the murder of Admiral Thomas. You are, of course, aware that she appears before you charged with murder. My lord, gentlemen of the jury, as the first witness for the Crown, I would like to call Dr. Eric Walton, the Home Office pathologist. Dr. Walton, would you please describe the post-mortem examination you made on the body of the deceased, Admiral Thomas? <clears throat> well, sir, I found arsenic in all the organs. Most of it was in the muscles, nails, and hair. I took the longest block of hair I could find and found arsenic in it from root to tip. As the hair was four and a half inches long, and we can presume that the growth of hair is approximately half an inch a month, I did use to think arsenic must have been absorbed for at least seven months before death. Can you amplify that statement, Doctor? Yes, sir. I cut the lock into three equal portions and calculated the approximate amount of arsenic in each. My estimate in parts per million was ten in the portion furthest away from the scalp, fifteen in the middle portion, and twenty-three in the portion nearest the scalp. From these figures, uh, I've come to the conclusion that the dose was increased in frequency, or in amount, uh, or in both, in the two or three months immediately before death. And your conclusion, Dr. Walton? That the doctor who was in charge of the case was correct. It is my opinion that she died of arsenical poison. What was the total amount of arsenic in the organ? It was 0.501 of a grain. The rest was in the muscles and hair? Yes. Approximately 0.2 of a grain. You therefore found three quarters of a grain of arsenic. Yes. A fatal dose in its original form. Now, would you describe the symptoms prior to Mrs. Thomas's death typical of arsenical poisoning? Oh, yes. If the final and fatal dose was administered by way of the sandwiches, what would your estimate of that dose be? Hmm, ten grains of arsenic. If weed killer was used, 14.3 grains of arsenic. Thank you, Doctor. I have no further questions. My Lord, I represent the prisoner at the bar. Dr. Walter, have you ever attended a patient suffering from arsenical poisoning? No. Where have you obtained your information and your learned exposition of the subject? By reading, but uh, that does not make my evidence any less valid. Quite, Doctor, quite. Uh, Dr. Walton, did you examine samples of earth taken from above and below the coffin? I did. What did you discover? Was there arsenic in the soil? Yes, there was. 
I found that the soil from above the coffin contained 125 parts per million, and the soil below is 62 parts. This is typical of the soil in Cornwall. Yes. What precautions did you take against contamination by dust when you conducted your post-mortem? Why, the usual. The usual? The post-mortem was conducted at the graveside. Yes. Were the glass jars covered immediately? Well, obviously not. It took me some time. The, the jars were covered about uh, an hour later. And during that time, they were exposed to contamination by dust raised from arsenic-impregnated ground? <coughs> Now, Doctor, you've told the court that in the case of Mrs. Thomas, you discovered a total amount of three quarters of a grain of arsenic in the body. Yes, sir. Was this quantity not arrived at by a process of multiplication? Yes. Well, can you therefore give the court the amount you actually found in the muscle you examined? It was one six thousand four hundredth of a grain. I would like to interrupt for a moment. Your method of arriving at the total amount of arsenic found in the body is an estimate based on calculation. That is correct, my lord. Uh, calculation as well as analysis. I followed the normal practice of analyzing small parts of the organs and then multiplying by the appropriate factor. And most of the arsenic, you said, was found in the muscles. Yes, my lord. I see. Uh, will you continue your cross-examination, Sir Patrick? Yes, my lord. Now, Dr. Walter, I referred you to your post-mortem examination. You told the court that arsenic was found in the muscle. That's correct, sir. Point two of a grain. How did you arrive at this figure? Uh, by analyzing a sample of muscle weighing one-eighth of an ounce, in which I found one six-thousand-four-hundredth grain of arsenic, and then multiplying on the assumption that the muscles accounted for 40% of the total weight of the body. And what did you estimate the total weight of the body to be? 80 pounds. You therefore assumed that the total weight of the muscles was about 32 pounds. Yes. Doctor, I put it to you that an adult weighing only 80 pounds is obviously in a very emaciated condition. Yes, that is correct. And in a badly nourished body, the muscles are the first to lose weight. Should not the weight of the muscles have been 12 or 15 percent of the weight of the body instead of 40 percent? I'm afraid not. If the muscle wasted, so would the other parts of the body in proportion, so that the 40 percent would still apply. But is it not a fact that this woman was ill for a considerable period? And that after seven months of weakness and illness, there is bound to be a natural waste? Uh, some muscles waste? What is this factor you used in multiplication to arrive at the total amount of arsenic? The factor was over 4,000. Indeed. So the slightest error you might have made would have been multiplied 4,000 times. Uh, <clears throat> I, I must agree. In other words, if one speck of arsenical dust landed on the material that you were examining, material which had been exposed in the churchyard for over an hour... That would account for all the arsenic you found, if I made an error. Were you surprised to find arsenic in the soil? Yes, I was. If the hair had been in contact with arsenic, either inside or outside the coffin, might it have absorbed it? Yes, if in contact with soluble arsenic. Is it not the case that every time there is a shower of rain, you will find arsenic in the percolating fluid? Yes, 
Can you exclude the possibility of contamination of the hair and organs through the arsenic in the soil? It is a possibility. But I also think it extremely unlikely. Sir Patrick, will your cross-examination last much longer? Uh, yes, my lord. In that case, I suggest that the court adjourn for luck. And so the court adjourns in the trial of the Crown versus Anne Josephine Hale, brought to you by Bristol Myers and their dealers throughout the country. The court is once more in session, and counsel for the defense has called back his witness, Dr. Eric Walton. Let us return to the case of Mrs. Thomas. The case for the prosecution is based on the charge that the arsenic was administered in the sandwiches. Yes, in the form of a weed killer? That is correct. Dr. Walton, did you ever conduct the experiment of adding weed killer to the inside of a moist sandwich? I... I can't say that I have. Well, let me tell you that the defense has. For your information, Dr. Walton, within half an hour, the sandwich is stained bluish purple. Would anyone in their right mind eat a sandwich of that color? I have not conducted that experiment. Now, you do say, however, that in your opinion, the weed killer was used in solid form. That is what I suggested. But you did not take sandwiches and put 14.3 grains of weed killer on them. <laughs> No. Will you grant me then that weed killer discolors a white fluid? It certainly changes the color. That is with two grains? Yes. Seven times as much would discolor it very much more. Yes, of course. Now, you put 14 grains on a moist sandwich and carry it for hours. And you still say that you doubt that the sandwich would be discolored and blue. I have not tried it. But my opinion, for what it is worth, is that it would not. Now, you must forgive me, Dr. Walton. You say you found arsenic in Mrs. Thomas's muscles, nails, and hair. Yes. But, Doctor, I would agree with you that its presence would have pointed to poisoning if she had been buried in almost any other counter in England. Cornwall is famous for its tin. And where there is tin in the ground, there is usually arsenic, too. Now, surely you'll grant me that. I will grant you that in Cornish soil, the arsenic content is exceptionally high. Thank you, Doctor. Now, it is your contention that the last dose of arsenic Mrs. Thomas received was when she ate those sandwiches. No. Oh, no. My findings proved that Mrs. Thomas received another dose some days after. When, Doctor? It could not have been less than five days before death. Indeed. My learned friend has told the court that evidence would be led to the effect that none was given after the 18th of October. He also made a point of stating that this was on the very day that the accused took charge and did all the nursing and most of the cooking. I cannot agree with that. Do you now say that in your view there was arsenic taken into the body of Mrs. Thomas as late as October the 30th? I cannot fix the date, but somewhere about that time. Doc, you've been most helpful. I have no further questions to put to you. My lord, that concludes the case for the crime. Now, gentlemen of the jury, we've heard much from Dr. Walton. Dr. Walton, who has never attended one person suffering from arsenical poisoning, yet he spoke of symptoms with the same confidence as he spoke of other matters. Let the cobbler stick to his last. As the first witness of the defense, I would like to call Dr. David. Dr. David, 
Will you please tell the court your qualifications? I'm a doctor of forensic medicine. Doctor, um, have you attended many cases of arsenical poisoning? A few in Egypt. Would you describe the conditions of the post-mortem as held at the graveside of Mrs. Thomas as ideal? Definitely not. No special precautions against contamination were taken. It is therefore my considered opinion that the findings are worthless. You have heard Dr. Walter's opinion or assumption that the total weight of the muscle was about 32 pounds. What is your opinion? I think the assumption is quite unwarrantable. I think the proportion in this case could not have been more than 15% at the most. You therefore say that Dr. Walter made an error. A very serious error. Have you formed an opinion as to the guilt or innocence of the accused? It is my opinion that she's innocent. Thank you, Dr. David. And Dr. David, you have told my learned friend that you have attended a few cases of arsenical poisoning in Egypt. Yes. How many? About one a week. You describe that as a few? In this country, it may seem to be a large average. But in Egypt, I assure you, it was not considered many. <clears throat> I have no further questions. My lord, as the last witness, I would like to call the prisoner at the bar. Anne Hale. Did you kill Avril Thomas? I swear I did not. My learned friend has told the court in his opening address that apart from the doctors, you were the only one who looked after Mrs. Thomas during her illness. Yes. No one else attended on her? Well, there was Mr. Thomas. Oh, yes, of course. Mr. Graham Thomas. Why did you decide to run away? Because Graham... Well, he almost accused me. I realized then that he didn't really love me, and so I decided to leave... To put an end to it all. So it was your intention to commit suicide. Not because you feared a police investigation. But because you realized that his love for you was at an end. Yes. And then I couldn't go through with it. I went down to Brighton to try and forget it all. Did anyone eat any of those sandwiches apart from Mrs. Thomas? Yes, I did. And you had no after effects? No. Did... Graham Thomas have a sandwich? No, he did not. My lord, that concludes the case for the defense. It was never the defense's intention to decry the ability of an analyst with the reputation and stature of Dr. Walton. Dr. Walton is eminently qualified to express opinions as an analyst. But, gentlemen of the jury, he is human. Therefore, fallible. Now, you've heard the evidence of Dr. David. Arsenical poisoning is rare in this country, but commonplace in Egypt. Are you prepared to accept the evidence of Dr. Walton in preference to that of Dr. David? That unfortunate woman has been in prison for nearly six months awaiting trial. Members of the jury, this girl has dwelt in the shadows. I ask you by your verdict to send her back into the sunlight, away from the shadows which have haunted her so long.
Well, I want to tell you I'm lost. They should call somebody else in on this journey, not me. I didn't understand half of what they were talking about. Mm, I must confess, a lot of the conclusions and statements made by the two medical witnesses had me rather confused, too. Well, it seems to boil down to this. Neither the prosecution nor the defense is denying that arsenic was found in Dr. Walton's jars, or whatever he was using to do the post-mortem. Well, that's right. The point at issue is, was this arsenic actually in the dead woman's body, or did it find its way into the jars from the surrounding soil? Well, I don't see how we're expected to decide that. How could we, anyway? Well, there's no doubt that this woman, Anne Hale, had a motive. I'm not so sure about that, either. Look, this woman was not in the best of health anyway. A dead woman, I mean. Why didn't she just wait if she wanted to marry her husband? Ah, uh, this fellow Thomas. Now, here's the dark horse, if you ask me. I don't know why he isn't on trial instead of the woman. Well, obviously because the Crown wasn't able to make out a case against him. That's why. Well, if you ask me, they haven't made out a case against the girl either. I don't believe she killed her. But what, she stand again? The fellow isn't exactly an oil painting, is he? Oh, we mustn't get sidetracked by personalities, you know. Now, the Crown obviously thinks the motive is strong enough. Well, that should be good enough for us. But why should it? The judge told us to sift every little bit of evidence. Remember that. We don't have to accept anything as being just, so just because the prosecutor tells us it is, I don't think she's guilty. Mm. What about you? Oh, me? Well, if she didn't do it, who did, I say? I can't believe that this doctor, doing the post-mortem, made a complete muck-up of the whole business. That's what the defense is trying to say, isn't it? Well, I think he did. He sounded a bit of a waffler to me. What do you think? I'm inclined to feel that she's guilty. Now then, I suggest we start from the beginning and go meticulously over all the facts. Sergeant in court, gentlemen of the jury, have your right to the true and just verdict. We have, my lord. We find the prisoner at the bar and Josephine Hale. Well, you have heard all the relevant facts. Now we ask you to consider your verdict. Would you say the accused was guilty or not guilty? In a moment or two, we shall give you the verdict recorded in the actual trial on which this dramatic presentation is based. Do you mind? You've got my shaving cream. Yes, I ran out of mine, but I must say I like yours better. What is it? Ingram. Mm, stays nice and moist. Somehow my razor seems twice as sharp. Well, that's why I like it, Dad. Gives me a smooth, comfortable shave. And you like the refreshing, cool feeling it gives you afterwards. Well, I'm glad I ran out of mine. I'm going to use Ingram in future. You youngsters seem to know everything these days. Yes, sir, Dad. But buy your own next time. Ingram's the name. Reset shows I banner clean teeth and helps protect them too. I banner has a barrier against decay. Has will not rinse or wash away. Banner has a barrier against decay. That will not rinse or wash away. Brush your teeth regularly with I banner. Consider your verdict. Gentlemen of the jury, have your life in a true and just verdict. We have, my lord. We find the prisoner at the bar, and Josephine Hale, not guilty. 
enjoyed tonight's presentation of Consider Your Verdict, which was produced by Michael Silver for Bristol Myers, manufacturers of Ingram and Vitalis men's toiletries, the mum range of toilet preparations, and nice and easy hair coloring. Listen also to City Hospital, the dramatic Bristol Myers series featuring Dr. Marlowe on Friday evening at 8.30. And be sure to be by your set next Tuesday evening when you will again be asked to consider your verdict.